Hello and welcome to this week's Dare to Dream Bigger podcast with me, your host, Claire Yosa. And you can find the show notes for this episode at dtdbpodcast.biz forward slash 018. Now in this episode, I need to take a departure from our usual programming and we're going to talk about what will happen to EU Digital VAT if the UK votes to leave the EU this week. There are some popular myths going around and it's time to debunk them. Now, I'm a co-founder of a volunteer campaign group called EU VAT Action. And for the last 18 months, we've been working with the British government, with Downing Street, with the EU Commission, the European Parliament and major trade and regulatory bodies to try and bring in a threshold for the new EU digital VAT rules that came in on the 1st of January 2015. If you're not familiar with these yet, basically, if you sell ebooks, downloads, MP3s, automatic online courses, anything like that to anybody in the EU, any consumer B2C sales, then the place of supply has changed. No longer is it counted as being sold from your business. It's counted as being sold from wherever the customer is based. So we have to jump through a load of hoops to prove to audit standards where the customer is in the world. Problem is, most of us don't have access to that level of data on our customer location. We're lucky if our payment processor gives us a country code. So we've worked, we've done really well. So many thousands of people have supported us. The EU Commission has promised in the legislation it'll propose in the autumn that it is going to recommend a threshold. The thing is, if we leave the EU, there are all sorts of rumours going around about what will happen about EU VAT. So... We've worked really hard to keep the campaign out of politics and make it about the businesses, the micro businesses we're representing. But it's turning into a crazy bun fight out there and we need to dispel some of the myths. So here's a summary of what you need to know as you decide how to vote in the EU referendum when it comes to EU VAT. So the first myth, if we leave the EU, we won't have to worry about EU VAT anymore. Not true. The digital EU VAT rules that change the place of supply from the business's country to the customer's country for digitally delivered sales apply internationally. Every single business in the world is affected and required to comply. If we leave the EU, we will still need to comply with these rules if we want to sell to EU consumers. Remember, it's B2C only. B2B uses different rules. Any changes made to these laws in the future will also apply globally. It is not the case that we would automatically revert to how things were before the 1st of January 2015. Those days are gone. Myth number two, if we leave the EU, HMRC, that's the UK Tax Authority, will keep the VATMOS system. Now, the VATMOS system is a website portal that means that you can submit 27 VAT returns if you're in the UK or 28 if you're outside the EU and payments in one go via a website instead of registering for VAT in each and every EU member state in their language with their rules. It's an enormous time saver. The challenge we face is we can't get the data to plug into it. But it's part of the European Union. If we leave... The laws as they stand mean that the UK would no longer be eligible to run a VATMOS portal, just as, for example, the USA and Canada can't. Our simplest option as micro-businesses would be to register for the Irish VATMOS system because it's also in English. 
but that would mean doing the returns in euros instead of sterling. And then we risk Germany, Denmark, Sweden and all the others who've already sent out warning letters pursuing us for rounding errors. Myth number three. If we leave the EU, HMRC would continue to sort out the EU VAT problems for us. HMRC may or may not continue to try to act as an intermediary if, for example, Germany decides to hassle you in German about your VATMOS return or lack of. We've had two more cases of that this week. But HMRC might not be allowed to help because the existing legal framework has no provision for that. And the likelihood of the VATMOS team in Ireland wanting to bust a gut to help you is pretty low, even though we can vouch personally for the fact they're really lovely people. Your support calls would be international call rates, and they're a small team, as is HMRC's team. Losing the UK's VATMOS system would more than double the Irish team's workload for no extra revenue, so it'd be hard for them to support us. The bottom line is they're busy, and they're going to need to support and prioritise their homegrown businesses. And also complying would be harder because the light touch guidelines that HMRC has been running to allow thousands of the smallest businesses to keep trading would no longer apply. Because they've always been local interpretations which we wouldn't have the right to apply if we left the EU. The most recent changes, allowing the smallest businesses to be classified as hobbies so that they won't face the VATMOS data burden would also be lost. Leaving the EU would mean that HMRC common sense interpretations of what is digital and what is not digital would no longer be able to be relied on. Each member state has its own definition and some are much stricter than others. We would lose the HMRC protection on this. For me and many thousands like me, that would overnight move a substantial portion of my business into the EU digital VAT realm because I would no longer be protected by HMRC's sensible interpretation of human intervention. Myth number four. If we leave the EU, just think of all that extra digital VAT the UK government will get. Now, the UK is a major net winner in the EU digital VAT stakes, meaning we get back from other countries much more than our businesses send abroad on digital sales. I remember at our Downing Street meeting last year being told it would pay for a hospital each year. Now, if we leave the EU, we lose those incoming revenues, but we'd still have to pay the VAT to the other EU member states, meaning we would become a net loser. Myth number five. If we leave the EU, the UK government will tell the EU where to go on EU digital VAT as it negotiates new trade deals. Look, this is unlikely. If we end up renegotiating our trade deals with the EU, then the government will be steeped in discussions about immigration because free movement of people is something Norway had to agree to. How much will pay for the right to trade? And at the Fiscalis Summit in October, the Norwegian representative told me they paid 10% of the total EU budget in trading fees. I pray that was a mistranslation. They'll also be looking at export-import tariffs and fees for physical goods to keep our factories open. The likelihood of them throwing their toys out of the pram over a threshold for EU digital VAT is low. They haven't done so so far. George Osborne has, and please correct us if we're misinformed, consistently refused to raise the topic of an interim threshold at the ECOFAN's finance minister meeting in the EU. If he hasn't done it then, why would he suddenly do it if we've just left the EU? And although these rules inadvertently hit micro-businesses hard and they cause us massive pain, 
That's nothing compared with the potential damage that could be caused to the wider UK manufacturing industry if the government doesn't prioritise getting the best trade deals in a post-EU Britain. Myth number six. If we leave the EU, I can just ignore EU VAT because no one will chase me. (laughs) Just this week, we saw another business get a warning letter from an EU member state because they deregistered from the VATMOS system because they were only doing B2B transactions. They weren't eligible. And the chasing does happen. I had another one today come through in our EU VAT Facebook group. And you can bet your bottom euro cent that those countries who've been enjoying the additional digital VAT revenues from the UK are going to make sure they keep them. Ignoring these rules is a high risk strategy. Myth number seven, if we leave the EU, then the government can decide on a threshold for EU digital VAT. Now, here's a response one of our supporters got from the Leave campaign this week. If we vote Leave, there's no reason why the UK wouldn't have the capability to provide a threshold for micro-businesses, although this would ultimately be a decision for the government to make themselves. Unfortunately, this is simply not true. If we want to trade with any country on the planet, we have to abide by its trading laws. And the EU's legislation means that the digital VAT laws would still apply to us. There is currently no threshold. If the UK government chose to set a threshold, it could lead to double taxation. You would be liable for VAT in the UK on your sales below the threshold, as well as the country in which your customer lives, because the UK ha- U- EU has no threshold. So you would have to pay VAT twice. Believe us, we've been round and round that gerbil wheel with HM Treasurer. We can't just pick a threshold without risking trouble from the European court because we would be illegally withholding taxes from other countries and risking our businesses being prosecuted and being prosecuted by 27 other member states in their language with their legislative process is not something I'd wish on anyone. Myth number eight, the EU VAT mess was the EU's fault and it was imposed on us. So here's how we often hear this one. EU VAT is an example of the EU pushing laws down Britain's throat. So if the UK leaves the EU, the whole EU VAT thing will just go away because it simply won't apply anymore. I've already covered the fact that the legislation applies internationally, whether or not we're members of the EU. The thing is, our government debated and passed this legislation, as did all the other member states. They had teams actively involved in drawing up the details. The debating took over seven years. The reason we're in the mess we are in is because no one predicted the consequences on the smallest businesses. No one was thinking that way, although they now do. British negotiators asked for a threshold, but they were unsuccessful. Yet our government still debated it voted the legislation in and it was all parties, not just one. It was not forced on us. These rules were not imposed on us. All EU tax law requires unanimity, which means all 28 member states had to agree to this and they did. But the hint here, if we leave the EU, then these rules would get imposed on us with no input, no debate and no veto. We would lose our seats on the tax committees, the VAT committees, the ECOFAN EU finance minister meetings, the EU council, where solutions and future legislation are debated. Myth number nine. If we leave the EU, then we can just apply the same place of supply rules to other countries. So we make lots of money. Okay, so the UK could do this, but it would need to fit within the framework of all our international trade agreements, or we would risk major fallings out with our trade partners. 
And also as a business, you would still then have to prove where your customer was, but this time it would be for the UK government's records. So it wouldn't actually make things any easier than it is now. And the UK would have to create a system that allowed payments to be sent overseas for our digital exports, which is an enormous project. Myth number 10, if we leave the EU, then all the EU VAT campaign work has been wasted. Absolutely not, though it is a great question. In the past 18 months, the way the government and the EU Commission work with micro-businesses has changed forever. Before, they didn't understand us, and they believed the representative of industry lobbyists and the regulatory bodies, few of whom have ever run a business. But now the question, how will this affect micro-businesses, is routinely asked early in the process. That is an incredible achievement, and it took the effort from each and every one of us, thousands of people working together. But what we would lose is easy access to having a voice in creating solutions. I would not, for example, get invited back to do more keynote speeches at the European Parliament because we wouldn't have any MEPs. Our government would no longer be a leading voice in the discussions in the EU committees or European Council where the solutions are being discussed. In fact, at the September Fiscalis meeting in Dublin, where representatives of the 28 finance ministries spent three full days discussing just the EU digital VAT, the two most vocal attendees in the entire conference were both representatives from the UK's HMRC. They stuck their head above the parapet on your behalf. If we leave the EU, then they won't be at the next meeting. Also, the hard work that's been put in by everybody could risk being devalued by those who still have a seat at the table because our country could be seen as the sulky kids who stormed out of the party. Now, I want to stay out of the political debate because each person in the UK has a right to choose, but it is important that you understand the effect of your choice and the myths that have been flying around are being believed. So please keep writing to your MEPs, to your MPs, to let them know how you're suffering with the unintended consequences of the EU VAT rules that came into force in January 2015. The referendum means that the UK civil servants have been in Perda for more than a month now and they're still not allowed to talk to anybody about anything that might influence how they vote. So the campaign's effectively been stalled and the UK's renegotiations over its EU deal put a stop to all EU VAT discussions in the European Parliament and Council for obvious reasons for much of this year. But Juliet McKenna and I, both co-founders of the EU VAT Action Campaign, are meeting with senior representatives from HMRC and HM Treasury in the week after the referendum to discuss next steps. And we will report back then. Whether we stay in or whether we leave, it's important to keep working towards the urgently needed solutions. Because either way, the problem won't go away. So here's a reminder. What is it that we're asking for? The EU Commission has promised to propose legislation in the autumn to bring in a threshold but it could still take years to debate and pass. So in the meantime, we're asking the finance ministers in each EU member state to agree to bring digital sales under the existing distance selling thresholds for physical goods as an interim measure. Surely it's a no-brainer. And the data from the public consultation that the Commission ran in December has been published this month and our initial review of it shows that the biggest problem still faced by micro-businesses is that they can't correctly establish where their customer is based, not reliably enough to comply with the law. 18 months into the legislation and there is still no affordable tech magic wand and we don't expect to find one anytime soon.
That is why we need thresholds for those for whom the cost of collecting the data would be disproportionate. So thank you so much for your ongoing support. I really hope you found that helpful. Once the referendum is over, we can all make progress again. And if you want to be involved in the solution to the EUVAT problem, please come and join us over at our super friendly Facebook group. It's the EUVAT Action Campaign Group on Facebook. And if you've got any comments or questions or more myths that need dispelling, please let me know via the comments. You can find this podcast at dtdbpodcast.biz forward slash zero one eight. That's all for now. I'll be back next week with the usual programming, looking at daring to dream bigger and clearing out those inside blocks that mean that we self-sabotage our success and the difference we're here to make in the world. Please share this far and wide if you found it helpful and come and join me at the Dare to Dream Bigger Facebook group. It would be lovely to share that space with you and get to know you better. Cleosa signing off, back next time with more Dare to Dream Bigger podcast. Mm-hmm.